Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible and it's within you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody is now living the best life ever, but it took some stepping out of her comfort zone. She's going to show you how it can be done. Here is your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hey, everybody. Happy September. I, I had this song that I wanted to play for you guys, but I didn't realize that I had to give it to Voice America first. It was a fun song about what we're going to talk about today. And I hope everybody is enjoying the beginning of September. Uh, I was talking to the uh, the technical guys, Aaron at Voice America, before I came on air and was telling him about my week. We had a tornado here in Connecticut, and it was crazy. It's the second storm we've had in like three weeks. Trees down, everything. And uh, so it's a beautiful sunny day, and we've come out of it okay with no no marks or anything on us. But, you know, it's just part of what 2020 is all about, right? And so, you know, I've, I took a lot of time. Today, it's just me. I'm not interviewing anybody. And I wanted to take this time once again, uh, to thank all of you so much for listening to the show. For those of you who are new listeners this week, I hope that you take something away from the show every week and continue to listen because my goal is to educate you, empower you, so you could go out there and inspire others. Because if we don't pass along this education and this empowerment, then what are we here for? At least that's what I feel like. That's that's my purpose. So to teach others so they can live a fearlessly authentic life because so many of us might be living in fear, might feel that they can't be the person they want to be and fear is the thing that's driving them. So I am I was really looking forward to just being on the radio today with you. It feels more intimate. The last time I did this was at my second show and it's crazy to think about that it started at the end of May and we started putting the show together back in February And I didn't really know how I was going to do it, running my fitness studio and all the other things that I have going on. And then COVID happened, right? And then we all know what's going on now. Um, So much to talk about. People on polar opposite sides um, arguing, and I'm not going to get into that right now. Of course, not my place. But it's just a very interesting time. And I think many of us feel very blessed to be a part of it. And maybe there are a lot of people out there that feel that they just want to put the mute button on, you know, but through all of this, I think a lot of people have found maybe their true purpose, maybe found their voice, maybe decided that, Hey, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, whatever it is in their life that maybe they were dealing with. And I know that from talking to so many of my clients and my friends and just having all these wonderful guests on the show that so many people have found a new purpose in life and maybe they didn't like their job and they they decided to walk away from it or it's given them the opportunity to say, I want to do something more with my life, feel more fulfilled. And, you know, I've said this once, I'll say it again, and I'll say it 1,000 more times that what I realized was that what I don't have, I don't need. And I think that really brings us very much into the center of our hearts to realize what it is, what is it that drives us? What is it that lights us up? What is it that 
you want to do with your life. And interesting, yesterday I had an eye appointment. I have a sty in my eye, but it was just my normal eye doctor appointment, uh, yearly exam. My eyes are healthy, um, except for the sty in my eye. And I was talking to my eye doctor, who's a very lovely man, and he was talking about our age. And we're, we're, you know, give or take five years apart. And he was talking about the time that we had behind us and the time that we have in front of us. So I will be 60 in December. I'm very much looking forward to turning 60 because my 50s were a very interesting part of my life, kind of messy. And I think becoming fearlessly authentic you got to get a little messy. You got to get a little real. You need to step out of that comfort zone. And we hear that so often, stepping outside of our comfort zone. So I'm going to talk about it as a messy part of my life. Not a bad messy part, a learning messy part. And we've all had those messy times. And a lot of, you know, it happens at different ages and stages in our lives. But when we were talking about our ages and how much time we have behind us and how much time we have in front of us, obviously at my age, I have less time in front of me. I say all the time, I'm going to live until I'm 100, but who knows, I might live until I'm 120 because I feel 20 years younger than I am. And you know, my kids hear me say that. I say my kids, they're adults, but they hear me say that all the time. So today, what I wanted to really take on and tackle Tackle. Is that a word? I don't even know if that's a word. I don't even know where that just came from. (laughs) But what I really wanted to talk about is just getting rid of that people pleaser mentality. And the description of my show is screw being a people pleaser. And I could talk from a place of knowing that place very, very well. I am the oldest of three girls. And I have a very strong mom. She's still alive. And for you, for those of you who have been listening, uh, she suffered a devastating stroke five years ago, but she's still a ball buster. And my dad passed away 10 years ago on my daughter's 21st birthday. So that was devastating too. But my mom is strong as hell and uh, really is with it, even though she's paralyzed on half of her body and she's 80% speech impaired, but she's worked so hard to get that speech back. And that, let me tell you, that woman is sassy. And as a child, that really sort of intimidated me. I was much more like my dad. I was quiet. The louder and the louder my mom's clothes were, the uh, the quieter I would get. I would, I would try to like, just kind of, um, fold myself into myself, you know, become part of the wallpaper. And uh, my dad was sort of like that too. He had a quiet confidence about himself and my mom was that much louder person. So anybody who's listening who knows my mom will know that. And it was really important to me as a child to always do the right thing. I don't know. um, Being a people pleaser has a lot to do with the way you're raised. It has a lot to do with... um, fear. It has a lot to do with mindset, feelings, and habits. And the habit that I'm talking about right now is something that I must have, it must have been created when I was a child. And for those of you who are people pleasers, it is a habit. Okay. It's something that we learn. We're not born being people pleaser. It's a habit that we learn. 
And in getting ready for the show today, I did a lot of research and came upon a book called The Disease to Please by Dr. Harriet Breaker. And she wrote this book in 1999, uh, was on Oprah, and it became like a bestseller. And it talked about how mostly women have this disease to please, the majority of women, because naturally women are nurturers. We, we just naturally want to take care of other people versus men. And I'm not saying that there are men out there that are not nurturers because there are plenty of them out there, but just naturally women tend to be the nurturers. And so it's mostly women that suffer from this. So Going back to childhood, if you were to think about it, if you are a people pleaser or you were a people pleaser, and I kind of refer to myself as a reformed people pleaser, and because I've worked so hard to recognize why I wanted to do that. And it goes back to, again, being raised uh, a certain way and wanting back in the 60s and 70s when I was growing up, we didn't really have a lot of choices, you know? Mom or dad, it was usually the mom. In my house, it was the mom, would make dinner. Nobody asked us if we wanted to eat that food. Um, it was just put on the table and you ate it. There were some things I didn't like to eat, but I ate it. You know, I'm sure you all could also understand going to a relative's house or going to a friend's house. And maybe for those of you who are my age or around my age or grew up in the 60s and 70s, understand that what it was like to go to a friend's house or to go to a relative's house and your mom or dad or both of them were pushing, go say hello to auntie somebody or give your grandmother a kiss or whatever. And you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway because you want you want to do the right thing if that if that's who you were. That's who I was. And what would happen after I did that, my mom or my dad or both would say, great job, Jody. Thank you for doing that. That was really big of you. And we start thinking as people pleasers, wow, I'm going to get praise for doing things that I like to do, but I'm going to get praise if I do things I don't like to do either. Uh, it's not like I, there were things that I didn't, I, it, I like to do a lot of things, um, but I really wanted to make my parents happy. My sisters, not so much. They kind of did their own thing. Maybe I set, set the road and opened it up a little bit for them, made it a little bit easier. Being the firstborn is always a little hard for those of you firstborn. I think a lot of firstborn, I don't quote me on this, um, suffer from being people pleasers. Maybe being the firstborn, the parents have high expectations of what that child's going to be like. I don't really know because I've not studied that. I do know that most women are mo more women than men are people pleasers. So when we find out that we are getting praised for doing something that we don't necessarily like to do, we continue to do things that we don't necessarily like to do. Or maybe we offer to help somebody with something that we don't necessarily want to do because maybe a friend or a parent going back to our childhood again said, well, if you help Mr. Jones move his furniture he is going to say thank you. And I would really appreciate it if you did that. So maybe that's where it comes from. You know, getting, I know that's where it comes from. It comes from getting that praise for doing things that maybe we didn't necessarily like. For example, I did not like babysitting. And we had a neighbor 
who was always asking me to babysit. She had two boys and I really didn't like to babysit at all. I wanted to be with my boyfriend on the weekends and didn't want to do it at all, but I did it reluctantly. I got paid for it. My parents said, good job, Jody. you know, do it more often. And then finally, you know, I remember thinking, ah, I don't really like this. And I think I purposely did a crappy job babysitting for those two boys one night. And they never asked me to babysit again. It was a little embarrassing because they lived across the street. Um, I don't know if I ever shared this story. So if my kids are listening, um, it's kind of funny. Um, So one of the things that I want to share with you from Dr. Breaker's uh, book called The Disease to Please, Being a People Pleaser, is that it is fear-driven. So if we don't do something to please somebody that we fear being rejected from that person, we fear being isolated from that person or people or from a group of people. We fear them getting angry at us and we fear being abandoned by them. So it's either people, a person or group. So what do we do? We go to the other side. We say, I'm never going to feel rejected. I'm never going to feel isolated. I'm never going to feel that anger from another person or group. And I'm never going to feel abandoned because we all want to be liked. I get it. We all want to be liked. But at some point, you have to stand up for yourself and say, I don't like doing this. I don't like who I am doing this or who I am in this relationship. And I think some of us uh, who have been married and divorced, like myself, or have even been in relationships that have maybe been toxic for you because you were doing things in that relationship that didn't make you feel good. And for so long, you continue to please that significant other, whether it's a, a girlfriend or you're in a relationship. When I say girlfriend, group of girlfriends, group of guy friends, um, or in a relationship, whatever kind of relationship, um, physical and romantic relationship that you're in, that you find that maybe you're doing more for that person than you're getting back. So what happens is in the mind of a people pleaser, there are 10 commandments that go through their head. And you might wonder like, why, why do these people care? So if you're not a people pleaser, you wonder why do these people care so much? But if you are a people pleaser, you're probably asking yourself, why do I care so much about what people think of me? Why should it matter? Why should it matter? All that should matter is what I think of myself, but we do care and it's okay to care about what other people think of us. We can't just go living through life bulldozing through things. We ha- I think you have to have a conscience, right? So instead of truly living the way we want to live, we conform because we're afraid. And behind this, all of this pleasing, again, it's driven by fear. And it has to do with a mindset. It has to do with habits. And it has to do with feelings. So if you are, I'm going to read this to you. So there are Dr. Breaker um, in her book, The Disease to Please, Curing the People, Pleasing Syndrome. Um, as I mentioned, she was an internationally recognized authority on stress and women's issues. And she came up with the 10 commandments of the way a people pleaser would think. So listen in. 
I should always do what others want, expect, or need from me. I should take care of everyone around me, whether they ask for help or not. I should always listen to everyone's problems and try my best to solve them. I should always be nice and never hurt anyone's feelings. I should always put other people people first before me. Remember that. I should never say no to anyone who needs or requests something from me. I should never disappoint anyone or, or let others down in any way. I should always be happy and upbeat and never show any negative feelings to others. I should always try to please other people and make them happy. I should try never to burden others with my own needs. So can you relate to any of those? If you can, you should think about it. You're probably a people pleaser. And as I mentioned at the beginning, um, I was one of those people, maybe not all the time, but maybe in a relationship, whether it's with my children or whether it is in a romantic relationship or with my parents. So I'll share a little bit about that. As I mentioned, my parents. So I never really had that type of relationship with my dad. It was more with my mom. She was kind of demanding. So I was kind of scared of her. (laughs) So about five years ago when she did have her stroke, uh, I felt this need to constantly be there for her, with her. And I realized that during that time, while I had my studio, while I was competing in fitness shows, while I was in a relationship, while I was there for my children again, so my kids are 31 and 27, so five years ago, they were younger, but they still needed me, not like when they were toddlers, but they still needed me. So I was a mom, I was a girlfriend, Um, I was a business owner, trainer, um, coach. I was all of these things to other people. And then I still needed to be there for my, this devastating thing that happened to my mom. And even though my two other sisters were there as much as they could, I was, I was right here close by. And I started realizing that I didn't have any time to take care of myself and that my my myself was was drained. There was nothing left for me. I was filled up. And it's taken me a lot of time. And I have spent time talking to a therapist. Um, and if you haven't talked to a therapist about anything that bothers you, I suggest you do. It is a great thing for you. It is the way we grow. It is the way we challenge ourselves. We need to look inside ourselves to be able to look outside and then then and then in. Uh, but I realized that if I didn't take care of myself, then I wasn't going to be any good to the people that were worked for me, came to see me as clients to my daughters and to my, to my significant other. So I started taking a step away and thankfully, um, my sister Sharon was always there to take care of my mom and uh, be that person who could always make a phone call to her when she knew my cup was full. And my daughters pitched in whenever they could as well. So when I think about these 10 commandments as well, that's my story uh, in, a, in a nutshell about realizing that I can't be everything to everybody. And even though I have... I had and still do a pretty demanding mom. 
I've had to be super honest with her and say, I can't, I can't be there every day for you. I can't do this because then there's no me. And so for those of you who have the same situation as I do, you have a mom, you have children, um, young, old, wherever they are, you know, if you're a mom or dad, you've got those kids forever, right? Uh, grandchildren, whatever, whatever it is, that's your responsibility. If you are overwhelmed with that responsibility and then you find you have no time for yourself, then what good are you? And it goes back to when you're on a plane and God forbid there is an accident and they tell you, to, you know, put your oxygen mask on before you put anybody else's on because you can't help others if you don't help yourself. And I think that's just a great way to think about, are you helping yourself? And we talk about self-love and I think that's where this all comes from is loving yourself enough to say that I can't please everybody. And there's got to be an end to it. And I'm going to help you with some ideas on how you can change your habits, how you can look at things differently, how you can stop feeling that you fear being rejected, isolated, getting somebody getting angry with you or being abandoned by a group of people or your friends or family or whoever it is in your life. So if any of you have seen the movie Grease, uh, when uh, Olivia Newton-John, I don't know who it is in the, in the new age, but if you've ever seen the old, the original uh, Grease movie and uh, Sandra D, I don't know what, but it was Olivia Newton-John who played the, the character and she was goody two shoes and she was had to please everybody. And then she met the other girls and they were like, hey, come on, you can do this and come on be. And then at the end, you know, she she reveals her true self, because she's tired of being a goody two-shoes. She's tired of doing the right things. And I could so relate to that because that was me. That was me in high school. That was me growing up. I always wanted to do the right thing. And I remember my freshman year, my first day, freshman year in college, and my roommate asking me, you know, if I drank alcohol and things like that. And I remember saying, no, because I was always afraid. I was afraid of getting caught I was afraid of my mom and dad getting mad at me. I was afraid. My parents didn't hurt me. So just to let it be clear, they were never abusive or anything like that. It's just, that was me. My sisters weren't like that. That was me. I feared disappointing them. So when I met my roommate in college and she said, you know, you know, let's have a drink. The drinking age at the time was 18 and I was like 17 and three quarters. No, I was 18 when I went off to college because I'm old for my grade. Another story. Anyway, but I was of legal drinking age in Massachusetts at the time. I think it was 18. So I just always was such a scaredy cat. And that's why I, I refer to myself as a self-proclaimed scaredy cat. And I can relate to that, that Olivia Newton-John character so much because she was afraid to be the truly authentic woman that, that was hiding inside of her. It was inside of her. She just needed to have the courage for it to come out because she wasn't happy being that person. And I wasn't happy being that scaredy cat person. And I thank my roommate now uh, from college who helped me, you know, kind of grow my wings, kind of grow in that sense to find myself. And so with each year that I've grown, I have been, I've become less fearful, but then it changed again. So I want to go over with you what 
some of the things are that you should think about if you are a people pleaser and you do want to change. First of all, you don't need to be nice to everyone. And the more you identify with being nice instead of being real or authentic, the more you will find yourself plagued by nagging doubts, insecurities, and lingering fears. So we need to get rid of those fears. And I I, I know that is why I named this show Fearlessly Authentic, because it just rang so true to me, because for so many years, basically my entire life, up until maybe in my early 40s when I got divorced, I was living the life that other people expected me to. Again, you know, my parents expected me, my mom in particular, uh, expected, well, at least I felt that way. Let's just put it that way. I don't, she never said, Jody, you need to marry this kind of person. But I felt that that would please them. And so I always tried to do everything right. And that was really the first time that I took a step out of my comfort zone and just said, damn it, you know, I don't really, I don't really enjoy this role that I'm playing anymore. I don't really want to do this anymore. I don't really want to live in suburbia. I don't really want to be a housewife anymore. I want to have my own business. I I want to be in fitness shows. I want to raise my children, my two daughters, a certain way. And even though he and I parented our daughters quite well divorced versus being married. I needed to make that big breakaway for myself. And when I made that big change in my life, I started getting over my fears. And that's what I want to teach you is how to get over those fears, how to live fearlessly authentic. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about those things And I hope you listened to those 10 commandments of a people pleaser. Um, They're not to be taken lightly. And if you identify with any or some of them, we're going to talk about how we can move on from, you know, being fearful of posting pictures of yourself on on social media to, to just being real about who you are to your friends and family and it's it's a very, very freeing feeling. And that's when the amazing life that you've pictured yourself in, the amazing life that you desire and deserve will happen is when you break away from all of that. So when we come back, we will go over the things you can do to stop being a people pleaser. I'll see you back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, Following this meal plan can help you get there. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. 
The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Caramax, a place to glow, offers a wide range of services performed by licensed professionals. Their most coveted service offered is their luxury custom airbrush spray tans. Cara's spray tans are 100% gluten, paraben, and sulfate free. So you guys, this stuff is super safe for you. Every client receives a full consultation prior to their appointment in order to ensure flawless, long-lasting results. All of their spray tans and products produce the perfect glowy natural tan. Go to caramax.com today and use the promo code JHB when booking to receive 10% off your service. That's caramax.com, K-A-R-A-M-A-C-S.com. Or you can find Kara on Instagram at kara.max. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Wow, we're taking on some serious stuff here today, right? Being a people pleaser. So here are... 10 ways that you can screw being a people pleaser. Are you interested or not? I am. So realize, number one, you have a choice. Realize that. Realize that you don't have to be a people pleaser at all. There are ways to say no, and that's another way. So often people pleasers feel like they have to say yes when someone asks for the help, their help. Remember that you always have a choice to say no. And that's something that people pleasers, myself included, reformed people pleaser, I may say. Um, and by the way, as I say, I'm a reformed people pleaser. I still want to make people happy. I'm still a nice person, but I've learned to say no. It has taken a lot of time. And as I said before the break, when I got divorced at 42, you know, I was really, really scared. I didn't know what my life was going to be like. I just took a leap of faith in myself and said, you know what, Jody, do it now because in 10 years, you're going to be 10 years older. And as I said at the beginning of the show, when I look back, on my 60 years of life, you know, I don't have 60 years in front of me. So I better damn make the best of this, right? 
So I guess when I was 42, thinking, oh boy, I'm old, I better make the best of it. But thank goodness that I did feel that way because I don't think I would have had the guts to walk away because none of the friends that I used to have in that world thought I should get divorced. And I think that uh, both me, I can't speak for my ex-husband, so let's not even go there. Okay. So uh, anyway, it was a big, 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 big jump for me. And I took that leap of faith. And let me tell you guys, I was scared to death. And we will be talking about life after divorce with some other guests that I have on the show because divorce does not mean dead. And I wish somebody told me that back almost 20 years ago. But that's when I started getting over my fears because that was the biggest fear of all. I had two children. I'm like, what am I doing? None of my friends are divorced. Nobody I know is divorced, but I'm going to do it anyway. So as I said, realize you have a choice. The next thing you can do, and this was also a difficult thing for me, is to set your priorities. And knowing your priorities and values help you put the brakes on people-pleasing. You know when you feel comfortable saying no or yes. Ask yourself, what are the most important things to me? So I mentioned my mom. Obviously, she's very important to me, but she couldn't be my everything because I had other things going on. And you know what's been beautiful about my relationship with my mom is that we do have a beautiful relationship now. She gets it. But if I had not put boundaries on the relationship, I don't think she would have gotten it. And you know, I don't really look back on too many things with regret because I wouldn't be who I am right now, helping myself, helping others, helping the people that I train and the listeners. I wouldn't be that person I am right now had I not gone through this experience for a long, long time. Think about maybe 45 years almost that I, I was a people pleaser. And one day I just woke up and said, I'm going to start changing things for myself. But it took a lot of time, like my intro says, it took a lot of time of me stepping outside of my comfort zone and realizing at times not being okay was okay for that time. And I'm grateful for that lesson that I learned. Number three in learning how to not be a people pleaser is to stall. Whenever someone asks you for a favor, it's perfectly okay to say that you'll need to think about it. This gives you the opportunity to consider if you can commit to helping them. That is something I'm the first person to say, okay, yes, I'll help you. Yes, I'll help you. And I was talking to my daughter about this uh, before we went on the air and she we were talking about how she likes to help so many people and she's the firstborn. And so that's why I have to look more deeply into this and find out if it's a, a firstborn girl thing too. Maybe somebody out there can send me an email and let me know. So you don't have to say yes to everything. You can stall, meaning take the time to think about whether or not you want to help a friend get ready for their wedding or help a friend move out of their house or into an apartment or what, whatever the task is or taking on a volunteer position. Think about it first. You can say, I'm not sure. I need time to think. A people pleaser will say yes right away. And then what happens is they become resentful. They become, and I'm saying they, I did. I would become resentful if I didn't feel that that was reciprocal. 
So I would think to myself, wait, I did all this stuff for you. You're not doing this for me? No, because they weren't a people pleaser. So that again, that took me a while to figure out because you don't want to have that resentment. You don't want to be passive aggressive and you don't want to get angry with somebody that you care about. Not everybody is like you. Be nice, but you don't have to overdo it. Find your balance. And we'll talk about balance another time. But finding that balance is really, really important. Um, think about things like, do I have the time to do this? What am I going to give up? And how pressured am I going to feel? Am I going to be upset with this person who's asking? So are you going to get upset with them? So this is just give yourself some time to think. Think about it. Say, give me 24 hours to think about it. Give me 48 hours. Nobody's going to be offended if you say that to them. Trust me, I, I do it. And it was hard at first because automatically I always want to say, sure, yes, I'll be there. No. Well, I never said no. Also set a time limit. If you do agree to help out, limit your time frame. Let the person know that I'm only available from a certain time, 10 to 12, whatever that time could be. Another thing, you know, I can relate to so much of this, which is why I wanted to talk about it because I'm, I switched my habits. They are habits. They are feelings. They are all the things that I talked about at the beginning and they were all fear driven. So I don't fear and a lot of that comes, I think, with age. Uh, if Sometimes, because if you talk to women in their 30s, they're not necessarily like that. 40s, 50s, 60s, they start saying, you know what, I'm kind of living my best life ever. If you talk to a woman in her late 50s or 60s, most of them, they have their act together because they're done being people pleasers. They're done doing things for other people. They're living their truest life. They're living fearlessly authentic. They're not letting fear drive them. They're being courageous. They're living with integrity. They know who they are. They know what they want to do. And they know how to set those boundaries. And when I, I started um, training people, coaching people, you know, people would be calling me, texting me at all different times of the day. And I would have to say, look, I can't talk during this time because they would call me. I didn't put any boundaries. So setting up boundaries is really, really important because otherwise you'll be overwhelmed and they'll be blowing up your phone, texting you. And right now there's no escape from anybody who's trying to get in touch with you because you're there 24 seven, your phone's right there. The other thing is to consider if you're being manipulated, sometimes people are clearly taking advantage of you. So it's important to watch out for manipulators and flatterers. How do you spot them? Often the people who flatter you will say things like, oh, you're so good at baking cakes. Would you bake a cake for my child's birthday, for example? Or I don't know how to put this bookcase together, but you're so handy. Can you help me out? Or nobody could do this better than you. So just be aware of those things so you don't say yes right away. Create a mantra. Figure out a mantra you can say to yourself to stop from people pleasing. It can be a visual as simple as a big no, no, <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I've kind of done. That's been my mantra. My biggest mantras, I guess, the biggest things I've done is stall and say, hey, give me a few minutes, give me a few days to think about this. I'm not sure. Rather than saying, yes, sure, yes, sure, I can do that. Yep, 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 yep. When, they, when I go, oh, why did I say that? How many of you have felt that way? So create that mantra. So think about saying no. Think about whatever it is, or I can't just do that right now. 
But honestly, I think the best advice I could give you is to give yourself some time to think about it. Unless you know, yeah, I could do that and that fits into my timeline. And then when you do say no, say it with conviction. The first no to anyone is always the hardest. It's so hard to say no when you're a yes person. But know that you're standing in your truth. Know that this is who you are. You are standing up for yourself. You are not going to be doing something you don't want to do anymore. Oh, please do that. Consider if it's worth it. When asserting yourself, is it really worth it? It's probably not worth it to tell your boss about his or her annoying habit, but it is worth it to tell your friend that you can't do lunch because you're busy, right? You can't do it. You've got too much going on. I've learned to say no. I have a very small circle of friends and I'm super grateful for them. And we're all really busy and I've got kick-ass friends and we all get it because I've surrounded myself with people that are true to who they are. And we could all be true to who we are. We can speak the truth. We, it doesn't mean being mean to somebody. Saying no doesn't mean you, that you're not a nice person. You could be a nice person and just say, no, I can't do it. And you don't need to give a litany of, of excuses. That is something I always wanted to do as well. Just defending the reasons why I didn't do it, why I couldn't be there and I would feel guilty. So if you can take any of these or all of these and try changing your habits, kind of you know, shifting them a little bit and try using some of them, then maybe you can start shifting to not being that people pleaser, that living in your truth, identifying what you want to do setting boundaries, having your mantra, and living the best life that you can live. So in living the best life that you can live and living in a life that's not fear-driven by pleasing everybody and, and wringing yourself out and being empty for every for yourself because you've given so much to everybody that when you get home you don't have you don't have time to work out you don't have time to meditate you don't have time to walk your dog you don't have time to spend with your significant other you are empty that isn't any good for you right so instead take a take a look at what you're doing take a look at the things that you can change set up those boundaries, say to somebody, I love you, but I can't do it. And I've kind of used that a little bit sometimes, um, even with my daughters, even though they don't really ask a lot of me. Um, but when I can't do something, you know, I'll say to them sometimes, I love you, but I can't be there for you for this, or I can't do it. And I think they understand that now. And hopefully I'm teaching them to not be a people pleaser as well. Because I think we all, and like I said, mostly women, we really work with that. So in, in moving and shifting your habits and feelings to a place where you live in that truest self as the real person, you see all this stuff on social media, you see how people are living and you think, wow, I want to live that life. Wow. I think at this point, we know that everything that we see on social media 
Instagram, for example, the beautiful pictures, the beautiful homes, the expensive bags, vacations, whatever they are. We don't see too many people traveling right now, but whatever we have seen, I think a lot of us know that it's not really that all the time. And if you're looking at that person's account and it's making you feel bad about yourself, stop looking. Okay. Why did you start looking in the first place and stop looking? Because you don't, you, you don't need to feel bad about yourself. And if you want to post a picture, don't be afraid to do it. I'm talking from experience because I still get nervous, still get scared when I post things on Instagram. I have 85, 86,000 followers on Jody Harrison Bauer. And I think I have like 8,000 followers on my Jody Fit account. So I have a lot of followers and I sometimes take chances on the things that I post and I, I ask a few people, but I've gotten better and better at realizing, damn it, this is me. This is how I want to throw myself out there. This is me. I'm going to start talking about things that are really important to me. And when you start doing something new, and I just actually um, sort of kind of coached of mine um, about putting things, um, putting posts out there because we all get nervous. And I had somebody say to me, go ahead, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You know, if you're listening, you know who you are and I appreciate you pushing me. So we all still need that push because we all fear rejection, right? But we're never going to know how good it feels to get past that feeling of fear outside of our comfort zone, jumping out of the box, coloring outside the lines and stop living in fear. So to be brave enough to have the courage to write about something that you truly, truly believe in, like the things that I'm talking about today, if you told me 20 years ago, I would be doing this, I would tell you, no way, no way. So I, my goal in life is to help you live fearlessly authentic. My goal for me is to do the same and it's forever evolving. I don't think we're ever truly, truly, truly fearlessly authentic until we die. I think we're forever evolving. I know that I get closer and closer and closer by being in um, different relationships and different friendships and learning from everybody and reading and working on myself and doing all the things that we talked about to change your habits and your feelings of when you do things. So I wanted to read you a quote that I truly love. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment from Ralph Waldo Emerson. So in a world full of external pressures to fit in, to be a replica of the women we see in magazines, on YouTube, videos, social media, as I discussed, it takes courage to be original. So again, Go live in your truth. At the beginning, uh, well, it was in June, I had my uh, a young girl, 31 years old, who spoke about living in her truth at 31. Listen to that episode. It's a great episode. She falls in love with another woman. They just got engaged. I was hoping I could get her on the show for a little while. Um, and she is so happy right now because she's living 
her truest self. And it's so wonderful to see that. That's just an example. But there is so much pressure on young girls and boys to be like their idols. And even as adults, we're sucked into believing that we need to be prettier, slimmer, more fun version of ourselves. And we just have to stop being that way. We have to know ourselves well enough to know this is who we are. And being original is so cool. I know that I'm a little bit different than most women my age. And it's taken me a long time to be okay with that because at first I wanted to hide it. And I felt uncomfortable with the things that I was doing because most women my age weren't doing them. And now I'm okay with that because I I, I hope that I could help them women my age, older and younger, to live the life that they want to live. So if they're unhappy and they're 20 and over, get out of the relationship, leave your job, do it, do it. Yes, it's friggin' scary, but are you going to live your life in fear? Are you going to keep pleasing your boss? Are you going to keep pleasing your boyfriend who thinks that that's the job for you? No, no, babe, you got to stay in that job. Or no, I want you to live here with me. Well, maybe you don't want to live in Alaska. Maybe you don't want to live in a certain place. You need to tell the person you share life with, you need to tell them that because you're never going to get out of that trap and you're going to keep pleasing and pleasing and you'll never find who you truly, truly are. So I want you to think about what if we redefined our definition of success in our life? So if we're successful, does that mean that we have to be prettier? We have to be slimmer? We have to have more fun? What if we start believing that the best way to be happy was not to be like someone else, but instead to be ourselves? So back when your mom or dad or your teacher in school wanted you to do something, you know, that that was proper, you know, that wasn't inappropriate, talking about appropriate behavior, Uh, But let's go back to my situation where, like, I remember having an aunt, a great aunt. I never liked kissing her hello goodbye because it was those yucky old people wet kisses. I'm sure you all can understand where I'm coming from. And I disliked giving her a kiss. And my mom would always say, give aunt whatever her name was a kiss. And so I did it. Would I do it now? Probably, but I would know that I'm doing it because... I would want to make my mom happy and I'm okay with that because I, I'm, I'm, understanding, I'm understanding why I'm doing this. But we need to be ourselves. We need to be originals. We are all born to be original human beings. So living in that real, authentic place and not caring what other people think because we believe so strongly in who we are and what we stand for is what is important. And it doesn't make a difference if you have more followers or less followers. You are stating what is important to you. You're not being just sucked into what everybody else is talking about. And you could be nice about it. You can be respectful about it. So when, as I mentioned, when I started posting on social media um, a long time ago, when I first opened up my studio 12 years ago, I remember... um, the marketing guys say to me, just talk to your audience like you would talk to a client. And I'm grateful for that um, advice because that's exactly what I did. I had to be more of myself. So I urge you guys to please, please, please 
find the courage to be real and live in your truth and not worry about what other people say and stop pleasing other people. Because when you please other people, you're not pleasing yourself or you are doing, you're holding those, you have those boundaries where you are pleasing yourself and you are pleasing the people around you. And that is like a beautiful thing. So it doesn't matter what other people think of you if you don't believe it yourself. If you don't believe you are beautiful, funny, intelligent, worthy of respect, then no matter how many people tell you, it won't make a difference. How many people feel that way? Okay, so you have to believe in it. So do the work. Please do the work. So whatever it is, get a therapist, find a coach. I'm always saying that, but I truly believe that you need to find somebody who can take you down that road, who can help you because we're always going to think that and we can't keep asking people, what do you think? And please them of what, where, where they think we fit in. The only person we need to approve of is us. We are the only person with true power over ourselves. Once you know that you can truly start to find out truly find out. That's how you can find out what makes you happy. So this is your life. You were born with originality and now it is time for you to claim that back. I know it takes self-respect and courage to be who you truly are. I know that. I know that, but I know you can also do that. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope that this has helped you so much. Next week, I will be back with an interview and keep listening. If you love the show, you can find me any place you can find podcasts. Please leave a review, um, subscribe to listen. And I'm truly grateful for all of the listeners around the world. Thank you so, so much. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 